Thanks for listening to this podcast of Trending with Timory from the Relevant Radio app. Anything you share in terms of episodes, whether it's texting it to a friend, posting on social media, helps to build up the kingdom for God to help confront the challenging issues we face as a culture, but with joy, with hope, and with an eternal perspective where our faith collides with everyday life, bringing eternal principles to help us live our life joyfully. So, what's trending? Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timory on Relevant Radio. I'm fascinated by a recent Pew Research study showing that over 60% of men, that's over three out of five men under the age of 30 describe themselves as single and they are stepping out of the dating scene. Really fascinating study. We'll talk about that in kind of the landscape of Catholic dating today and what that perspective is like. We'll also dive into a little bit of the occult, everything from astrology to tarot cards, mediums, psychics. We won't actually dive into them, but give a specifically Catholic take on this topic. Joining me today on Trending is Brian Mercier. He wrote the book, Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods, and he dives into everything new age, occult, yoga, you name it. He's been with us here before on Trending and gives a precisely Catholic perspective on this issue. So I'm really looking forward to diving in. He's also the president of Catholic Truth. You can find him and his work at catholictruth.org. And you do need to pick out for this book, Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods. Brian, welcome back to Trending. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. I've been diving in lately to the 2003 document from the Pontifical Council for Culture that talks specifically about the New Age and a Christian perspective on the New Age. And there are some, I think, startling things when you read through this document from over 20 years ago, really outline much of what the New Age had a view of with everything, many things you cover in your book and dis- discuss regularly from the fact that uh, we're all one and even this idea of religion, you know, that you can be spiritual and religious at the same thing. They're two separate things, but they don't contradict one another. Even the idea of transgenderism in many ways comes from an androgynous view and self-understanding from the New Age. And even transhumanism, interestingly enough, this integrative view of science and mysticism, technology and ecology all combined in the human person. It's really interesting to see this happening and how this ties into the New Age, astrology and the occult. So let's dive in. Yeah, the document you're referring to is um, Jesus Christ, the bearer of the waters of life. And it's a fantastic document on uh, New Age teachings and everything that's been assaulting the church since the, probably the 1960s, 1970s. And it's I've kind of given the updated version of it on in my book, Counterfeit Spirituality, and I quote that uh, document extensively. So, yeah, no, it's a fantastic document. Um But really, astrology and the occult, most people are like, what is the occult? They think of just something dark, a dark hooded robed figure, you know, on a Halloween night. But what would I mean by occult is something that pertains to the knowledge of secret, paranormal, or supernatural powers. Now, this could include anything from witchcraft, Wicca, magic, Ouija boards, fortune telling, seances, and divination. But it could also be 
referring to things like many people get into, like astrology, tarot cards, crystals, and other spiritual practices that attempt to see the for, uh, future or contact the dead or really just have any kind of participation in paranormal activity. These things not only are dangerous in general, they can be harmful to our immortal souls. See, Padre Pio said the devil is like a rabid dog tied to a chain. As long as you don't put yourself in his striking distance, he's not going to be able to harm you because we have Christ. However, if you go into his domain and you intentionally walk into his striking Mm -hmm. distance, that's a different story. And many people do so unintentionally. They get into horoscopes or astrology or tarot cards or, you know, my mom died. I just want to know where she is. And some people get into it innocently, but they also pay the price innocent, innocently too. I mean, most people know the, the movie, The Exorcist. It's probably the mm-hmm. biggest account of exorcism in the last century. And that was an innocent thing where a guy was playing a little kid was playing with a Ouija board and he ended up getting possessed by it and they had to go to the Catholic priest to to fix the problem Mm. it's interesting because I think a lot of people think what's the big deal or maybe I played with some of these things when I was younger but it was a thing of the past or as you said things come up in life you know the loss of a spouse a loved one Uh, you know these trying situations where there's this desire to make contact with the dead and I think that people have good intentions but as many wise people uh, before us have said that hell is path (laughs) is paved with people who had good intentions Yes, exactly. Uh, 100%. And in fact, I was running around the house uh, when I was, I tell this story in my book, but I was running around the house with my friends. My friend passed a dog. No problem. My other friend passed the dog. No problem. My other friend. And then I came around and for some reason, I don't know why, but the dog attacked me. So maybe (laughs) you got away with playing with these things once or twice or three times. But if you keep continuing to delve into the realm of the devil, that's where it gets dark and you can open Mm -hmm. up portals and doors that are best left shut and it's very important to know that now some people even just look at astrology like in the newspaper which is kind of silly you know because oh if you're under this month then you're going to come into love or if you're under this month then you're going to find a new job promotion really every single person who's under this sign is just suddenly going to find love or a new job come on what if they're at the top of the you know the chain and they don't even need a job it doesn't even make sense it's just (laughs) trying to take your you know, your time. But in reality, a lot of Catholics and Christians put their stock even in newspapers sometimes. They read it mm-hmm. every day. They wonder what's going to happen for their life. And the biggest problem with this is that God is not a distant energy. He's a loving father who wants a relationship with us. And anytime we run to astrology or tarot cards or mediums or psychics or palm readers or anything like that, We're breaking the first commandment, which is put God first. God is the one who wants to run our life. He's the one who wants to guide us, be in a deep and personal abiding relationship with us. And while he might not give us everything we want or give us all the answers we want, and it might be tempting to snatch those answers ourselves through some other means, well, it can be dangerous in many different ways, but especially to our souls. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because if you dive into the Catechism of the Catholic Church on this, it talks about unnecessary curiosity and how our own curiosity can get in the way here with, again, that attitude of, well, it's at the service of me, or I'm just kind of wondering. And yet that's where we're opening ourselves up to the reality, the fact that we're at war with principalities and powers. And yes, Jesus Christ, the kingdom of heaven, 
always triumphs, right? At the end of the day, we have to recognize that. But many souls are being damaged in the process. You know, Jesus Christ has won. The victory has been achieved, but we still have free will. And the domain of the fallen angels, remembering one third of the angels, as we know, fell at that battle with Lucifer, I think it's important that we recognize the reality that these are fallen angels who can manipulate nature and are demonic influences trying to influence us in our lives. And I'm always amazed, Brian, by the number of people who, with time, exposing themselves to the occult, the new age, astrology, tarot cards, mediums, psychics, all of these things, that with time they often leave their faith or they practice it and or don't practice it and they're catholic in name only while practicing a different type of spirituality on the side that they think is their form of catholicism that's right exactly right and i want to talk about two different things i want to talk about uh really the majority of horoscopes uh tarot cards astrology all of that the majority of all of it i would even be I wouldn't be hesitant to say, I would probably say maybe 95% of it is all false. It's all fake. It's all people just taking your money, taking people yes. who are gullible and preying upon them. The but clairvoyance. It's the five, yes, but it's the other 5% that, that's the stuff that's dangerous. That's the stuff you really want to stay away from because it is a real gift of clairvoyance or audiovoyance. And those are the ones that are very evil and demonic. And in fact, that's why, as you mentioned in the catechism, Paragraph 2116 says all forms of divination, uh, are astrology, mm. pot reading, interpretation of omens, lots, clairvoyance, phenomenon to mediums, et cetera, et cetera, are to be avoided because they contradict the honor, uh, respect, and yes. loving fear that we owe God. So people need to know, though, that they're being taken advantage of, of in most cases. If you go see a psychic, mm -hmm. if you go see a palm reader, if you just read something in the newspaper, it's not true to begin with. To start with, we have to realize that astrology was based off ancient Babylonian gods who people believed that they had the moon, the stars, the constellations. They all had power over our life. They had influence in our life. So depending on which sign you were born under, which month you were born in, these things would guide your life. They would tell you your temperament. They would tell you your personality. They would tell, tell you who you are and who you're destined to be. Now, this is a problem because... If you were born, say, under, let's say, March, then you were born under the sign uh, of the god of war. So that would make you a person who's more controlling, who's more aggressive, uh, who has a lot of control issues. And that's basically your temperament. And see how they're putting people in a box here. Whereas if you're born under the sign of, say, like Aphrodite, you're going to be more loving. You're going to be more kind. So already the stars are the ones who are guiding our life the constellations the moon mm. you know these things are guiding us not god once we so, put our stock in these god is exiting right i want to kind of throw an objection in because a lot of people say well what if i really do identify and have many of these characteristics with the way things are lining up for reading my horoscope looking at the astrology what's your response to that and what's the catholic yeah. perspective sure that's a great question first of all most people don't know that they've been duped. Um, as Paul Parkunkel <laughs> says, he's actually an astronomer. He shows us, and science actually shows us, real science, like astronomy, has shown us that because of the wobble of the moon's gravitational pull, it's actually shifted the, uh, the ellipses by 36 days or about a month. So the sign that you think you're in, you're not 
actually in. That's what science shows us. It's actually shifted a whole month. So if you think you're Pisces, you're not Pisces anymore. And also, they've shown us that astrologers, out of 3,000 astrological readings, only 10% proved true. So many times, you know, we think we see something in there. Oh, that applies to me. Oh, no, they really did know everything about me. And I'll come back to this in our next segment, if that's okay. But uh, just for this segment, to answer your question, there's a, there was a French researcher who spent his life uh, doing this, and he proved that people believe whatever they want, and they read into these readings things that aren't even there, and they apply them to their own life. And in fact, to prove this, mm. he sent a, gave a free astrological reading, and he put it in the newspaper, and over 150 people responded. It was a 10-page horoscope. 94% of people said, They were satisfied with the reading and thought it applied to them. And 90% of their family said it applied to them. But what he didn't tell anybody is he gave everybody the exact same horoscope, not one for each individual. And the horoscope (laughs) he gave them was Dr. Marcel Petwat, who was the most notorious mass murderer in all of France. That was the the horoscope that he gave them. And they all said, yeah, that, that's me. That applies to me. I can see myself <laughs> in this. And he just said, this is all nonsense. There's been so many scientific studies that just show that this is nonsense. I think it exposes the reality of our fallen human nature and the fact that all of us have weaknesses that we ourselves can fail deeply at and strengths, right, that we can rise to the occasion of as well. Can you touch on the difference, though, because I can hear, like, kind of, I'm even thinking it, what about all of the personality tests and Myers-Briggs? You know, are those forms of astrology and what's the difference? Uh, no, those are more based on psychology than astrology. Astrology is more rooted in the planets, and it's, it started with five planets. Now we know we have more than five planets, but they didn't change any of that. Um, mm. And in fact, the whole astrological understanding is that you're born under a different sign, and you, the astrologers have to tell people what their sign is. For example, there's an elliptic, which is an area in the sky, and the sun appears to move through that. Uh, through the period of the year. And they go through the zodiac, the constellations, it's divided up by astrologers. And it's this whole, they have charts where they try to literally figure out what your personality is based on when you're born, as opposed to, say, Myers-Briggs or some other personality tests, some being better than others, I'm not necessarily endorsing them all, but um, or the Enneagram, for example, um, which is not, I do not endorse. These are actually based on psychology for the most part. In Some of them may have some new age tinglings in them, but in general, they are psychologically or mostly psychologically sound. And I think that's an important distinction using sound psychology and science versus, again, this prediction, this astrology saying this is who you are and laying it down upon you. That is a difference versus, I mean, even when we look at a personality test, we shouldn't say this is who I am, but we can learn from ourselves. You know, there are tendencies based on these questions we ask. These are some of our weaknesses. These are some of our strengths. These are some of our interests. Uh, that could be beneficial for how you move forward in your life. Let's talk a little bit about tarot cards as well. (laughs) Yeah, tarot cards is very similar. And uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Matthew Arnold, but he actually, he's a Catholic convert. And he used to read tarot cards for a living. And when he was studying and practicing tarot cards, he was the one who kind of came out and exposed the whole practice about how you need to 
um, how, how people rip you off, really. He showed his skills of ripping people off and telling people what they want to hear, um, giving them flattery, uh, giving them so many conflicting statements. And they're sitting there trying to think up through them all and seeing which one applies to them. By the time they're done going through all the contradictory and conflicting statements, they only take uh, from all of that, that which they could remember and that which seemed to apply to them. But he had an, a mastered an art of basically telling them what they wanted to hear and giving them all this information and letting them come away with the conclusions they wanted, which made it seem even more real, which is why people say, ah, they knew everything about me. In fact, he said that he had a lady go sell everything she owned and move to Europe. And she came to him first and told her that she was going to do that. And she wanted to thank him for the great advice that he gave her. <laughs> he said, I never said any such thing, not even remotely close, but that's what she took away from it. It's interesting to see kind of this disproof, but also the disbelief at the same time when you talk about many of these things, because someone will say, well, it was accurate for me. It's fascinating when you dive into it. Now, when you talk about accuracy, you mentioned earlier, there are some people who are clairvoyants, and maybe that's a small 5%. You're entering into a demonic realm here of potential predictability of what may happen in a person's life. How do we approach that? I even had a situation recently where a friend needed to go and deliver a washing machine and when he did a drive-by uh, earlier in the day, he realized, oh my goodness, this is a house that has a psychic sign out in front of it most days, and the sign's just down today, and I'm supposed to deliver a washing machine. He called me and said, what do I do? I feel uncomfortable going into this house, especially alone. There was this whole incident, and in there, the fear was, you know, this could be a phony, but this also could be someone who's dabbling in the demonic. What do you do? And how do you distinguish right. it? And that's a really great question and i want to talk about that but if you don't mind let me just uh say one more thing that i thought was very interesting for the people who aren't demonic just your common average everyday psychic horoscope person they actually gave uh they gave readings to all the horoscope readers astrologers and they found that when they gave like say uh a room full of readings nobody could figure out their own reading you know if you had this sort of gift where you could just know who, who which is applied to which they couldn't figure it out. They didn't even know their own readings. So how are they going to figure out your readings? And they contradict each other constantly. So if you give it to 10 different astrologers, they're going to come up with 10 different interpretations. And that's not a lie. They literally can't even agree among themselves, which is why I tell people that they are being ripped off. Don't be gullible. Don't be fooled. The newspaper is not giving you your life in a handbasket. So that aside, how do we know the the demonic side. Well, these people have a different gift. And sometimes it might be hard to tell. Actually, it might be really uh, hard to tell based on, you know, who they are, what they are. But Moira Noonan is a former New Age practitioner who did this herself. Uh, Marcia Montenegro is another one. She actually was a former astrologer and clairvoyant who has come back to Jesus Christ. And she said that her paranormal powers came from the occult and in fact every time she looked at a chart that her it would manifest for her like i think that if people are in the holy spirit and they're praying and they're close to jesus oh <laughs> sorry they wouldn't go near these people in the first place but if they did you should have a heavy feeling that there is an evil spirit there's some should be something pricking your spirit that something isn't right now, if you are a plumber or an electrician, you're going into a psychic's house just to fix a house, you 
probably shouldn't be worried because you're just going there and Jesus has got your back. But if you are going there to delve into the realm of the occult, that's a different story because you're putting yourself in a striking distance of the devil. And these people say, uh, Morgan Noonan said that she could see pictures of people's lives. She could hear real words and stuff that was going on in their life or foresee the future. And it was like movies that would go off in their heads. But the mm -hmm. thing is, the devil of darkness never lets mm -hmm. it go. Even when they wanted to turn off these movies, they couldn't. It never stopped. It was like torture in their life, and they couldn't get out of it for many, many years. They had psychic flashes and all of these things that they didn't even want after a while. So much to discuss on the topic of astrology, cult, new age. That's a Brian Mercier. He's the author of Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods, We've got to play it safe here. Again, you know, there's a difference between phonies and the reality of the demonic. We're going to dive more into this topic. Some, I think, practical principles for why we need to give ourselves a lot of distance from this whole idea of astrology, tarot cards, clairvoyance, and mediums, psychics. We'll be right back with Brian Mercier. You can find him at catholictruth.org. That's catholictruth.org. We'll post that on social media as well as a link to his book, Counterfeit Spirituality. We'll be right back here on Trending. We're going to talk about the fact that 60%, more than 60%, of young men under the age of 30 are single and many of them are stepping out of the dating pool. You're listening to Trending with Timory, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Welcome back. Joining me today on Trending is our Catholic expert on having written the book Counterfeit Spirituality. That is astrology, tarot cards, clairvoyance, mediums, psychics, you name it, and the occult and new age. We're talking about it today on Trending. Joining me is Brian Mercier. Again, he's the author of the book Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods. You really need to listen to this episode. If you've not been with us all hour, relevantradio.com forward slash trending is where the episode will be available tonight or wherever you catch your podcasts. Bottom line is, is that all of these things we're diving into out of morbid curiosity, not necessity, maybe as a means to connect with our past, past relatives, past friendships, relationships, or with the future, all of it is really a violation of that first commandment. I am the Lord your God and you shall have no other. It's us stepping away from God's providence, his timing, his plan for our lives and saying, we're going to take control. We're just going to be curious. We're going to try to manipulate our future into something that we want it to be. Not that we shouldn't do things to achieve what we want to in life, but the reality is, is that Things often don't go the way we like. The Catechism of the Catholic Church has quite a bit to say about this. And we're going to post, actually, the Catechism of the Catholic Church paragraphs, three paragraphs that are extremely insightful on this in the episode notes for today's show. But here's the bottom line, and Brian mentioned this earlier here on the show. The Catechism says that all of these things, they contradict the honor, respect, and loving fear we owe to God. And I was pondering that earlier today. A fear of the Lord is one of those seven fruits of the Holy Spirit, or sorry, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit that we are really called to live out, having that fear of the Lord, not that we're in fear and trembling, that out of fear, out of love, out of reverence, we don't engage in those things which contradict our union with Him, the goal of being with Him in heaven. That requires humility. But all of this at the end of the day comes back to what do we worship? Do we worship God 
or we do we worship mammon? Do we worship God or do we worship what we want, hope, or think, or have found out our futures might be? So now, again, joining me to discuss is Brian Mercier. Brian, let's talk a little bit more about astrology. Yeah, I don't know why I'm here because you just summed it up to perfection and said <laughs> all of those fantastic points. I was like, wow, great job. Um, but yeah, I wanted to uh, talk a little bit more because people don't realize how deep this goes. Like, for example, there was a woman named Sylvia Brown. Have you ever heard of her by chance? No, I have not. She was actually, she was so popular back in the day. She was helping police try to solve cases. And she uh... was, yeah, literally, because she claimed to be able to foresee the future. She claimed to have this clairvoyance where she could uh, see things that nobody else could see. And they were using her to try to find out information that they could not find out. And many mm -hmm. people, I mean, yep. she she charged an absurd amount of money. I think it was up to $700 okay. for 20-minute sessions. For unsolvable cases. I mean, it's, that's insane. I know what you're talking about, and it's interesting because there's a play on this, the cop show Blue Bloods. I know a lot of people watch with Tom Selleck. I stopped watching it a handful of years ago. Danny Wahlberg as well is in it. And they ended up at one point after one of the main characters, Danny Wahlberg's wife, dies. Uh, he ends up starting to see a clairvoyant who's also starting to help him with some of the cases. And that's when I finally just stopped watching. And I already kind of been dabbling and watching it on occasion. But it was interesting because that's a Catholic family. They're kind of trying to justify these things to make contact with your loved ones and to solve these cases. So tell us, sorry, I had to d jump in there. Tell <laughs> us more about Sylvia Brown. Yeah, no, absolutely. And um, yeah, so it's very interesting that they used her for decades. I don't even know if she helped or not, but you know who exposed her? And this is the real irony. They wrote long, long, extended article exposing all of her failed predictions. And that came from the Huffington Post. The Huffington Post went by every single thing that she claimed, researched them, fact-checked them, and found out that most of them were just erroneous and wrong, and that she had been duping people for all this time, charging 700 bucks for a 20-minute session. And people were believing her, and it was all false. So wow. I really want to point out the importance of this, that many of these things can look true, as you hinted at earlier in the show. They can appear to be true. They can have an air of truth. Maybe things we see from a horoscope or a reading might come across as, wow, that really does speak to me and it applies to my life. Well, you know what? Especially the, the newspapers, they're experts in just putting generalized things that really could apply to almost anybody every day of the week. So everything, something's going to apply for you. And I know from teaching students that if something doesn't apply to them, they ignore it. It literally means nothing that day. But once it does apply to them, oh, well, it's the end of the world. They know everything about me. So just be careful, people. And this might not be for your listeners, Dimory. Like They might be Catholics, but they might know other people who are into these things, which is why I think it's good that they get the information themselves and then disseminate it to all those people who need to hear it as well. And I am actually really amazed by Catholics who in goodwill said, I didn't know. You know, even just a couple months ago, after you and I spoke last, someone found me out in front of a Planned Parenthood clinic. They said, I heard your show recently and they had a question about something they were involved in. They said, is this okay? And I said, no, it's not. They said, okay, that's what I needed to hear. I didn't know. I was exposed to this idea for the first time when Brian was on your show. And lo and behold, I didn't know. I needed kind of that second affirmation of, is what I'm doing wrong? Yes, it's wrong. And I think there are a lot of moments where we just didn't know. And I'll give kind of an example where 
I didn't think anything of it, but, and again, it's not kind of the same quite as all of this, but there was this thing going around a couple of years ago where you hold a necklace over your hand and it starts, you know, swinging in a circle. And if it goes front and back, it means you're having a boy. If it means go side to side a girl and it'll tell you how many kids you're going to have. And it's kind of creepy because it has a high level of accuracy uh, with people who are married and even showing things such as, you know, abortions or miscarriages that might have been there. And I really thought, you know, it's just gravity what's the big deal and you know all of us girls my sisters and i were all kind of going around with these necklaces i was dating at the time everyone who had a boyfriend or girlfriend you know wasn't telling them you know give me your palm let me swing my necklace there was no ill intention but i remember at a certain point i thought you know the curiosity side of it didn't quite feel right. And I know there were some people I was around who said, you know, I don't know, is that okay? And I said, what's the big deal? I didn't get it. And looking back on it, and even, you know, looking at, you know, I think the consciences of some other people who felt uncomfortable, there is that area where curiosity is putting us in a dangerous place or where we try to manipulate our future as well. Yes, exactly. Uh, So what you said, curiosity, uh, lack of knowledge, we just didn't know better. Or, you know, it just seems accurate and we've never, we've never studied it. I give talks on the New Age movement around the country and I've had deacons come up to me, deacons in the Catholic Church and said, I didn't know Reiki was wrong. I didn't know about yoga. Like these are people who are teaching others and they've, they were doing it themselves, but they didn't know, you know. So, you know, this is why we try to inform people. Or I don't know if you've seen the movie The Lord of the Rings or that trilogy. Yeah. But. Um, you know, I love, well, it's a love-hate relationship because it's really sad, but the character Golem has a special place in my heart because he's evil for so long and then he becomes good and he finds joy through goodness and happiness. And when does he revert back to being Golem, the evil creature? When he gets captured by the humans, he feels like he's been lied to and the Golem creature comes up to him at his lowest point. When he's been beaten up by the humans, he's been thrown against rocks and he was thrown into a room by himself and he's sitting there crying. He's Mm -hmm. lonely. And this evil dark spirit comes back to him and starts talking to him and says, why do you cry? Because the men hurt us. They they can't be trusted. Trust me. And many of people get into these practices when they're at their lowest point, when they're desperate. You know, maybe they do know someone who died or maybe they are looking for answers in their life and they're desperate for them. And they might contact, you know, a medium who might try to contact someone on the other side and they might have a seance or they might hear something like, Oh, I'm your grandmother and I am alive and I'm in heaven. But here's the danger with getting into this at our lowest points. It's still demonic. It still doesn't work. And it's going to hurt us even more because we're even more vulnerable and susceptible and like, for example, if you contact the dead, this is why the Bible condemns it, the Catholic Church condemns it. You don't know who you're talking to on the other side. Mm-hmm. The demons on the other side can tell you and will tell you anything to get you to go further. If they want to tell you your grandmother is in heaven, they're safe, you can be happy and rest, rest assured, they're going to tell you that just to make you feel confident to go deeper with them and to tell you everything that you need to hear to come closer to that dark side. But you have no idea who mm-hmm. is on that other side. And in mm-hmm. fact, we talked a few weeks, uh, a few months ago uh, about Course in Miracles and how that whole book was channeled by a spirit and she right. never stopped to ask whether the spirit was good or evil. And she found out only too late at the end of her life, after her life was destroyed, that it was an evil spirit. Mm. 
We don't mess with this. And I think that's what I think the message at the end of the day is don't allow yourself to be curious in this way. Don't allow yourself to be prey to the past or prey to the future. Avoid it. Avoid that level of curiosity. Honor God and his providence. Respect him. Worship him alone and trust in his providence. Can you share with us a little bit, Brian? And if you're just joining us, that's Brian Mercier. He's the president of CatholicTruth.org. He wrote a book called Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods, Diving into Everything from Astrology, the Occult, and New Age. Talk to me a little bit about what exorcists have to say about all of this. Yeah, exorcists warn us strongly against these things uh, constantly. And in fact, Father Gabriel Amorth, who wrote two books, uh, one called An Exorcist Tells His Story and An Exorcist More Stories, and he talks extensively about his experience as an exorcist and people getting into these practices, even innocently, and having to be exercised in some way. He says two, there are many ways to contract a bond with the devil through carelessness, in other words, mm-hmm. innocence. For instance, when we visit magicians or card readers committed to magic practices, we forge a bond with them and through them with a demon. That should scare the pants off of us. He goes on to say that the same is true when we befriend practitioners of necromancy, spiritualists, seances. We risk developing ties with the demon by practicing the occult or basing our actions on a pendulum, horoscopes, and so on. All of these things, he says, have ties which need to be severed. And that's the important point is that if we've been into these practices, they need to be severed. And uh, going back to what we had talked about, you know, if people really do have the gift, uh, like a dark gift, he says particular sensibilities tend to go hand in hand with evil disturbances, predicting the future, intimate knowledge of the presence of evil forces, unseen powers of some individual, hearing voices, seeing visions. See, this can be confusing, similar to centering prayer, which we haven't discussed yet. You know, it can seem and look like real Christian prayer, but it's not. It's a counterfeit. And likewise, God can give people gifts if he wants to, to foresee the future, like the prophets. He can give people gifts of the Holy Spirit, like words of wisdom and knowledge, where we just know what God wants to tell people, and we go give them the message from God. Or the gift of healing, where we touch someone and their blindness is God. These are true gifts from God. But what the devil is doing is he's parodying these gifts in a false way, which is why Matthew Arnold, that convert I talked about earlier, he talks about Jonathan Edwards, who claimed to be a Christian medium. And mediums are condemned not only in the Bible, but in Christianity. And he says, do you really think that when God condemns a practice, that he's going to use a practice to bring about his works? No. If a practice contradicts the Bible and contradicts the church Christ started, then no matter how much good it seems to have, it's not from God and it should give you red flags. Let's talk a little bit, Brian, about Christian psychics, so-called Christian psychics, because I think this is part of that whole New Age movement, where there's this idea that you can practice your religion, but right alongside it, you can be spiritual, and you can do these spiritual things as well. And so then people try to mesh their own religion and their own Christianity, their own Catholicism, and they say, oh, it's okay, though, because I go to a Christian psychic. What's the response to that? Well, <laughs> well there's, my response would be that there's no such thing as a Christian psychic because <laughs> psychics are condemned in the Bible by God and in the Catholic Church. 
And it's the same thing with Christian horoscopes or anything else that just slaps the label of Christian on it. If something contradicts God, it's not true. And, if, and especially if somebody charges money for it. I mean, Jonathan Edwards and other people charge all this obscene money to tell you what God supposedly is telling you. When in fact, God gives Christians this gift for free. And in fact, I was in a field one day and God said, do you see that girl over there in the red sweater? Go talk to her. I said, what? He said, her father abused her as a kid. She thinks it's her fault. It's killing her relationship with me and tell her I want to heal her. So I went over and said, hi, my name's Brian. I have, a, I have something I want to tell you. She said, okay. And she, I said, oh, your father abused you when you were a kid, right? Her mouth dropped, like mm -hmm. all the way down to the ground. And she said, how? I've never even told my mom. She said, how do you know that? Mm -hmm. I said, because God has given me a particular gift to help heal people. And he wants you to know it's not your fault, et cetera, et cetera. So God's not going to, I'm not going to charge her $50,000 to tell her this, but God's going to do it for free, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lesson in using our gifts wisely, the whole idea of discernment of spirits as well, which is a whole nother yes. topic that perhaps we'll dive into another day. Brian, thank you for the work you're doing, because I think it really helps to shed light, giving that Catholic take on everything from New Age, astrology, the occult, mediums, clairvoyance, psychics. We'll have to discuss more in the days to come. You can find his excellent book, Counterfeit Spirituality, Exposing the False Gods. We'll post a link on social media as well as here in the episode notes for this podcast as well. It's available at relevantradio.com forward slash trending or wherever you catch your podcast. You can also find Brian at catholictruth.org. Okay, I have a question for you. I've seen a recent statistic that came out this year. Pew Research did a study and over three out of five men under the age of 30 are single and many of them are stepping out of the dating scene. This is nothing new. It's an ongoing trend. Men stepping out of the workforce, men stepping out of the dating scene. What's going on? We're going to talk about it here on Trending, but if you are under the age of 30 and you've stepped out of the dating scene, I'd like to hear from you and hear why. You can give me a call, 1-888-914-9149. Again, that's 888-914-9149. Or you can go and share with me now on social media your thoughts on this, why you've stepped out of the dating scene, your thoughts on just kind of being single and under 30 and why that's happening. So share your thoughts on social media as well. Just follow me at Timmery, T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. listening to Trending with Timry, where you can discuss what matters most to you. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Okay, I want to hear from you. This is an interesting topic. A Pew Research study came out and three out of five men under the age of 30 are single. And many of them are saying they are stepping out of the dating scene. Now, I think women everywhere are pulling at their hair, crying and saying, why, what on earth is going on today? It's a legitimate question. It's a legitimate challenge. I think many men are experiencing and women in the dating scene. And I think the question is, what do you do about it? So let's just talk a little bit about the Catholic dating scene and I'll give my first, I'll give some of my take. Why are men leaving the dating scene? Why are men single today? There's a huge lack of motivation among our population, but especially for young men in a culture that says 
women can do anything and they can do anything better. It's insulting. It's prideful. And it hurts men's pride. Again, I'll say it's insulting. Even if a woman can do something better, which sure, a lot of women can do things better than men and a lot of men can do things better than women. But the resounding hymn of the culture is that a woman can do anything a man can do better. We know that's not true. (laughs) We really know that's not true because look at what happens when men who call themselves women compete in women's sports and absolutely slaughter them. Yet they weren't competing at such a high level against other men. We won't get into it, but Will Thomas, who calls himself Leah Thomas, that's one example of this. So I think there's that, uh, that pride of women in this pro-feminist culture damaging men. Now, take that resounding hymn of the culture and take it down to the level of dating. It's frustrating. And so when a woman is accomplished, let's say, in a very pro-woman culture, and maybe let's argue that she's maybe a little ahead in her career, maybe a little ahead in her finances, maybe she already has a house, to a man that's wounding for his pride. Now, a strong, good, healthy man will be able to say, no, this isn't wounding because I'm confident. This isn't intimidating because I'm confident. But unfortunately today, that confidence is not being instilled in men. So I think all of these things really come down to the pro-feminist culture, the lack of motivation and confidence, and then the real damage that the sexual revolution with everything from pornography to the fact that everyone can be gay and trans today is doing to the reality of the biological, mental, psychological, spiritual complementarity between men and women and the damage that is done in a pro-pornographic culture. All of that is relevant in this entire conversation. So, why are men stepping out of the dating scene or why are men under 30 so single? Well, I think it's interesting. I've been following uh, this whole Reddit stream on so online and I don't often frequent Reddit, but I found myself for quite a while intrigued by a lot of the conversations and stories that were coming up of men sharing their stories and many of whom saying, hey, you know, I'm a Catholic guy. I pray. I'm not calling myself this like incredible hunk, but I'm a reasonably good looking guy. I'm fit. You know, I get compliments about my physical um, fitness and physique on, at times, and yet I'm still single. Many men sharing their struggle with seeing the women they've dated in the past, getting married to that Catholic guy, and they're looking at these other guys and they're saying, did I not measure up? What was wrong? I so deeply desire marriage. I'm struggling. There's this, I think, resounding cry from many Catholic men specifically where they're despairing. And I know this is very common for women too, but if you add that offer and that enticement of a pornographic culture to men, it's not that surprising that many men are giving up. And I know a lot of men who have been through this and are on to marriages in a different stage and phase in life are saying, what are these young guys thinking? I see all these beautiful young women and Why aren't they dating? Why are they stepping out of the dating scene? Well, I think a number of things have happened and it all centers around this theme of despair that is so prevalent. And that despair has to do with the fact that we're letting a lot of idols enter into the way men and women look at each other in terms of dating relationships. I spent a good amount of time reading through many men's perspectives uh, from a Catholic perspective on the dating scene. And Some things I think were very important to point out. One, it's very easy to idolize marriage, to look at marriage 
And to have this perspective uh, that that is just what I want and to be so focused in on marriage from that perspective to say, this is what I want. This is what I want. It's great to say you want to be married, but at a certain point, the idea of getting married becomes an idol and you're more so focused on the idea of being married rather than being holy and working toward a healthy, wholesome relationship with another human being. Not saying that you're not trying to do those things, but the obsession with marriage becomes an idol in and of itself. If you dive into sacred scripture, and I think that when you're struggling in life, when you are just encountering your day-to-day lives, if you're diving deep into sacred scripture, you will receive so many insights as to how you should conduct yourselves, how to work through difficult moments. And a passage that came to mind in particular is from Luke chapter 11, where Jesus Christ is talking about the good gifts that God has in store for us. He says, I tell you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then you who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? What is Jesus talking about here? He's saying, ask and you will receive. But sometimes the challenge to our prayer is that the answer can be no, not yet, yes. But how that yes is answered is sometimes different than we want or how the no is answered is different than the type of no we desire. And I think that's the challenge. And I love that Jesus really wraps this whole uh, statement in a bow when he says, the heavenly father will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him. Ask the Holy Spirit to live in you, giving the virtues of joy, of chastity, of self-control, of patience. So many of these fruits and joys of the Holy Spirit. Here we are coming up on this great celebration of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And yet so many of us, I think, are looking around saying, I'm dissatisfied with my life. I'm despairing. Well, no wonder you are not turning to the graces that God is waiting to pour down upon you. You're t- turning in on yourself so often. So, <clears throat> so looking more to some of what's happening in the dating scene from a Catholic perspective, it's a very interesting as we unpack this, especially again, as I was walking through many of these comments, and I want to dive more into this, but there's Fernando on the line from Chicago, Illinois. Fernando, welcome to Trending. What's your question or comment today with regarding the dating scene and many men under the age of 30, being single or stepping out of the dating scene. Fernando. Just found that there wasn't a commitment. Like, I wasn't dating Catholic at the time, but like, yeah, like, be all liberal and be free and not looking for anything serious. That's what I found from uh, girls I was dating. Interesting. So are you Catholic now? Yes. I'm taking them much more serious. Okay, so are you dating again? Um, yes. Okay, so what, when you stopped dating, like, how old were you, and how long did you step out of the dating scene, and was it something you still thought about? I mean, it had to be a couple years. Um, I think I was 27 to 29, maybe. 
mm-hmm. when I'm like, oh yeah, no, with like, with all the apps and everything, I'm like, forget this, man. Like I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. So your perspective's changed. You've come into the Catholic faith, and how do you go about the dating scene today? <sighs> really trying to have those values at the center. Really, like I'm like. I'm sorry, you have to, um, we have to share, like, the same faith, the same value, that type of thing. Mm, Which is really important. It's interesting you say that because I'm hearing from a lot of men uh, who are sharing their experience diving into this. And they're talking about the importance of getting out of their comfort zone and being willing to share that faith is central for them. But I'm also hearing from many men who say, okay, these women say they want to marry a Catholic guy. But then I say, okay, here, I pray and I start talking about those faithful dimensions that have influenced my life. One guy, I was reading his story earlier today, and he said that the women will literally turn around and say, you're too churchy. We want to have fun. And it's interesting because there's like this dynamic. What does that mean? Does that mean that you do not want to follow the laws of God? Does that mean that you don't actually want a Catholic man? You want a Catholic man in name only so that you can get married in Catholic church and make the parents happy and I get it because I'm hearing from these men and sometimes from these women who say well you're what I want but not quite and they shut the door now at the end of the day we know if a relationship didn't work out amen I hope you didn't spend too many years wasting your time on that relationship but at the same time I think that serious wound is there for many men who feel unworthy maybe because of these wounds of past childhood experience or the relationship with a woman they feel rejected by the way we did a whole episode on rejection this week be sure to listen to that i'll link it in the episode notes as well Uh, many men feeling anxious or afraid god did not call you to be anxious in life or to be afraid gives us that great gift from the holy spirit of fear of the lord turn to that gift of fear of the Lord, honoring God's commitments, receive the Holy Spirit to be joy-filled and peaceful. Ponder that as we come up on Pentecost Sunday. Now, it's interesting. I think as we dive into this, it's important that we're keeping our eyes and our focus set on heaven. Someone was commenting earlier when I was discussing and preparing for this topic that so often a woman will say or a man will say, I want someone who I will marry who has a perspective of get me to heaven. You know, I'm looking for a spouse who's going to help get me to heaven and vice versa. Yet at the same time, we have all of these worldly standards that are parallel or often setting above that desire to meet, date, court, marry someone who has that faith-filled perspective and goal in mind. And so I really challenge, look at your priorities. Maybe be open to meeting and getting to know and going on a few dates with someone who isn't the idealistic individual on your list, yet who embodies that desire for a complimentary Catholic spouse who has their eyes set on heaven and is ready to embark on that mission. If you're listening to Trending with Timory, ironically, tomorrow's our weekly marriage hour on Trending. We're going to talk about what Catholic men want in a Catholic woman. This is Timory from Trending with Timory. During our weekly marriage hour, we're going to dive into challenges in marriage. We'll even talk about divorce and we'll dive into from a man what men want from their wives and their Catholic wives. So join me with your dating, marriage, and relationship questions during our marriage hour, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on Relevant Radio or the Relevant Radio app.